0: Okay, Bokeh Tov, we continue in the Sefer Shaorim Um And uh, last week we began the Pirke Psiha from Ribshimshim Pincus, and we're continuing on with the words of introduction. And uh, the second section, which is on page Yud Aleph, says that one of the fundamental Uh, concepts to succeed in our avodah of prayer is to make an effort to grow in our tefillah. Just like in other areas in life, you want to grow and progress. In learning Torah, you want to progress. You start with simple things, you go to harder things, you learn things more in depth with further analysis And you wouldn't expect a child who learns Torah when they're five years old to learn it the same way way when they're 10 years old or the same way when they're 15 or 20 or as an adult. You go level after level. And when you're studying Torah, you make a lot of effort. And the idea is to grow in stronger levels of Torah. And so it is with prayer. We've got to progress and to become greater day by day, time to time, year to year. And we can't compare the prayers of a young child to the prayers of a young adult, to the prayers of an adult, to the prayers of an older adult, to the prayers of a senior citizen adult. Okay? And and, and it's, it's just like in when you're learning Torah, there's concepts in Torah that you want to internalize same two thing there are concepts in prayer and to grasp the levels of prayer that can happen that you want to internalize and uh, the problem that we don't find this nowadays he's talking to yeshiva who grow in learning but not grow in their davening and he says, why is it? Because people don't make a big deal of the avoda of tefillah. And they don't see the concept of, of having to grow in your tefillah and to progress. And people just figure, okay, I have to daven every day, so I'll daven. I'll say the words and I will be loyal to my faith. But you can't build spiritual structures if you don't take, uh, put it in your mind. You can do the same analogy with relationships. Mm-hmm. Relationships are meant to grow, not to be stale. And the relation we hope that the relationship you have with your spouse after many years is not the same relationship as when you first met them. It has to grow, get deeper. Uh because that's that's what and if it doesn't, it sours. So that's the same thing regarding tefila. Now this is all hinted to in a Pesach. It speaks about Nebuchadnezzar. It says he burnt the house of Hashem and he built and, he, and the great house was burnt as well. So it seems they burnt two houses. So Rebroch and Reish Lokish say one says it was a place where they were growing in Torah. And some another one says, Well, they're growing in prayer. So, what do we see? We see just like in the base of Migdash, there's an idea, because in the base of Migdash, you had both. You had the Sanhedrin was there in the Lishkas Hagozes, and you had the Kohanim doing their avoda. So, just like in the house of Torah that the Bukhneser destroyed, it was a place to grow in Torah, so too. The place of pl- the place of prayer was meant for us to grow. The Gemara and Shabbos says that there are things that are standing in the highest levels of existence, and people denigrate it. And he says that's referring to prayer. So therefore, it's obvious you cannot reach high levels in prayer without ascending the la- the ladder that brings you there. You know, and you can have a ladder all day long. And you're just going around, you're walking around the ladder for hours and hours, but you're not climbing the ladder. Sometimes you even look up to the top of the ladder, and you yearn to reach the top of the ladder. But you got to make the effort to take steps up the ladder. Great muscle. You could be spending hours and hours going in circles. Now, if you just head up, you'd get to a higher place. So that is the second part of this introduction and you have to realize there has to be a plan of growth in prayer and to, to progress in our lives to have better and better tveelos. So that's this is, a yeah. This is because you have to study the prayer more or because you have to internalize within you the, the, the heights of the prayer. Because once you reach a level of prayer that, well, I wouldn't say you mastered it, but you know all the prayers and you say everything. You're so daven in the morning. That's the same every day. So where is the growth in this? Like where is the growth? That's where he's going to get to. He's going to get to this. That's a good question, and we're going to explain it. Oh, okay. This. No, it's okay. It's it's a it's a, it's a leading in question. Okay and uh, that's an important thing is, is what is the growth so let's continue hopefully by today we'll get to the answer of that okay. then in the next point in Gimel he says another mistaken idea that people have many people think the growth in prayer is mainly through the person growing in his own greatness purity of heart holiness, closeness to Hashem and he says, well, that's certainly true yeah, that when a is. person tries to reach higher levels of his own personal life, life, they are fundamentals that would hold back any greatness within the person. But when we're talking about growing in prayer, he means the acquiring the craft of prayer which will explain what that means. Okay. And he says, and acquiring the craft of prayer is only through dedicating time and consistency and, and getting oneself accustomed to the difficult, practical avoda of prayer. Such as, similarly to learning Torah, that there's many levels of learning Torah, But the only real way to climb the ladder of Torah is through working hard. (laughs) Through learning a lot of Gemara. For hearing a lot of logical ideas and um, dismissing wrong ideas. Until you acquire a methodology of learning and you get used to the Talmudic thought process. Or better than like just any craft. Any craft, the more you're involved in it, the better you are. Let's say you are a uh, person who makes furniture. A craftsman. So the more time you spend making furniture, the better you'll be. The first piece of furniture you make is not that good. But you train yourself and you get used to realizing that this is a mistake and this is a mistake and I should have done it this way and in the future you do it that way. And think of any trade a person is involved with, any skill set. How do you develop the skill? By working at it. Nowadays, for us older people, you, know, you have to develop computer skills. And a lot of older people are kind of afraid of the computer. They don't want to learn anything, or very basic. But if you would just learn a little bit more, you'd become more proficient in using the computer. You'd be very skilled, and you have better, uh, or any technology, so to speak, if you're not going to work on it, it's not going to work. Uh, whatever field of endeavor that you're at, so if that's the same thing by Torah. You don't become great in Torah by just uh, going to a class once a week. It's nice, but you're not going to grow in your Torah. Same thing with prayer. You've got to make a lot of effort and spend a lot of time until the method, the pathway of prayer penetrates into your essence and it becomes a part of you. Okay, so now we have to go, and what is the main part of prayer? And the main part of prayer is to feel that you are standing before the Almighty in a, in a real way, and you feel His closeness. And that closeness is palpable, no different than you feel that you're next to the table here, you're next to another person you have to mamish feel that you are next to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is hard because you don't see him. So it takes a lot of effort, a lot of training, until it becomes part of your second nature. Any, any, and any, and the other details are elaborated in the Mesilash Yesharim in the 19th chapter. So let's briefly review them. He says, there's three things a person has to look keenly upon and reflect on. So he comes to a certain level of Yira. Yira, again, doesn't mean fear. Yira means experiencing the reality of Hashem in your life. The first one is you have to know that you're mamish standing before the Almighty and you're dealing with Him, even though you don't see Him. And he says, this is the most difficult thing to picture in the heart of a person to get a true vision of what a Poruch Hu is to, to whatever we can understand, even though your senses don't help you in this area at all. But if you're a, a rational person with a little bit of reflection and taking to heart, you can establish in your heart the truth of that reality that you are really... Dealing back and forth with Hashem and you're supplicating before Hashem and Hashem is listening and paying attention to your words just like if you're speaking to a person in front of you and you know he's listening to you you have to mamish understand that that is happening point one point number two after you firmly establish that idea You have to reflect on the greatness of a Baruch Hu that is beyond all blessings and praises, beyond all perfections that you can understand. And thirdly, is to reflect on your relative lowliness in comparison to Hashem because of your physicality and certainly because of sins you may have done that for that a person should really be trembling and in trepidation that he's speaking before God anyway. So these are things you got to work on yourself and to train you're obviously going to speak differently the more you believe that Hashem is real. And this is the Avodah of tfilah. A lot of people just come into the synagogue and say a lot of words. Even with a lot of Kavanah. But they don't have firmly implanted that their mom is talking to God that's right in front of them. And how great Hashem is, and how relatively lower we are, and to really feel that you are in He is in your presence. Okay? Now, to achieve that more so not more than the fact you have to be a, a holier person. That's that's for sure an important thing but you got to train yourself and to think and to remind yourself time after time until your senses are living in that reality. And that's not just during prayer. That's a whole that's a whole day long. But, you know, just like same idea. I just went to to New Jersey this week. 8 hours my wife and me in the car. 8 hours there, 8 hours back. And she was for sure there. And I was talking to her most of the time. Except when she was sleeping. Right? But I was talking to her. But guess what? Hashem was also in the car for eight hours. And you could talk to him also. Just as real. If not more real. And that needs training. And again, just like by learning Torah. When you add on more information, more training and how to understand Torah, so it is by prayer. And therefore we have to be a lot more um, intelligent about knowing ideas about prayer. So it's not only feeling close to Hashem and working on that, but to understand fundamental ideas of prayer that people don't consider. And he gives one very good analogy. He brings some the Arizal, The function of the repetition of the Shemona Esri. And the Arizal says that the repetition is more virtuous than the silent Amida that you say. He says there's a great, he says there's a big difference between these two parts of prayer that are inestimable. As the rabbis hint to it in the Gemara Brothers. The Gemara says, if you davened and weren't answered, daven again. Okay, simple meaning is you davened once and you didn't get what you did. Keep davening. But the Vilna Gon explains like this. He says, this is the repetition of the Shemona Esrei. Because the repetition is what makes the Hashem's responding to your prayer happen. And that's what the Pasuk says. Kel Kabir, Hashem is a powerful God, law you must, he will not be revolted by you. And Chazal say, what does that mean? Hashem is not dis revolted by the prayers of the masses. Now, what's the prayer of the masses? It's the repetition of the Shmonasray, is the essence of Tfila Bit Okay? And just like uh uh that uh, Just like we have to say the silent Amida silently, the repetition is out loud. Okay? And what's the analogy, he says? The silent prayer is very precious. But it's like a person who's trying to hide a gem so a robber doesn't steal it. Therefore, you say it softly. You don't want anyone to steal it, so Mm -hmm. to speak. While the repetition is on such a high level that robbers can't come and steal anything, and you could say it out loud. Because we are now standing with great Vakas before the Almighty, that there's no nothing to worry about of any form. Now, what is the real idea here? Is our minds steal away our cover. You wanna say words? And now you're dreaming. You're dreaming. But when you're at the Amida, it out loud, it doesn't get stolen away from you. Okay. So what's really happening here? A lot of us mistakenly think, oh, the amida that's for the people who don't know how to do That's what the originality was. Maybe. Well, no, that isn't even the original. No? Okay. The original is there's a more, a higher elevated status of prayer. Never learned that. Well, we, you died. we taught know. it years ago. Years ago, but, but forgot it or didn't come to that class. Whatever. But that's an important idea. People think, like, oh, it's such a stupid thing. I already davened. I have to hear the whole thing again? Yeah, but first of all, how can you do kadusha? Okay, yeah. How can you say modim again together as a group? But it's a higher level. It's a higher level. Because when, when you're davening the silent amida... You are still you. Because you are talking. During the repetition, besides the chazen, you're not even talking. You've been rendered so... useless. And dependent on Hashem. That you're not even talking to Hashem. You're just listening to the chazen saying it. And therefore you're using less of your senses, physical senses and more of your elevated senses. Talking is also a disruption. You can't, uh, um, what do you call it? What's meditate, real meditation is in silence. So real meditative state is when you don't say anything, you're just listening to the chasm and saying, Baruch Hu, Baruch and that's how, higher that's, that's when everybody together Is focused on the same words together And that means you should be following the place Saying Baruch Huver Shamoah and Amen And realizing it's a much higher level Now most people don't know this And how do Now he's talking to the from world now You go to shuls Let's say they don't talk But what do they do during Chazer HaShashat? They take out a sefer and they learn and they'll try to remember to say Barkuver Shmon Amen. Okay? And maybe years can pass and they don't listen to one chazar sashats. Even if you're saying Amen, but you can't you can't be paying attention to the words. And now why is that? Because people don't know. So that that's just one example of many aspects of prayer. That people have to realize. I'll get to you in one second. He gives one more analogy that I think is very important. The analogy of, let's say you got a car. Okay. Now, I'm sure he's talking about a stick shift car. Okay. And I guess there's something called first gear. So the car goes in first gear. It goes. But he never put it in second gear. So whatever, I, get, well, I don't know how fast first gear goes, but not that gear, fast. Very, very second very gear, fast. gear whoop, really gets moving. And now that is really the purpose of the engine. The engine is to go to second gear, third gear, to go faster and faster. Transmission so, not the engine. The engine the, the transmission makes the engine. But that's the whole purpose of the yeah, car. Right. right? And can you imagine you lived your whole life in first gear? Right, so like You'll you. You, you have this amazing car. Exactly. it can do amazing things, and you never benefited from the amazing things it's able to do.: right and then all of a sudden, by mistake, you put it in third gear, you think the car's broken, it's going so fast, no, but that's what it's built to, made to do. And it was so easy if you just would have read the manual. same thing, prayer, most people are praying in first gear and not in second and third gear. There's so much opportunity in prayer that people just look at it as something to just finish it off. Because they don't really, they haven't grown in the prayer. It's a good analogy. You have to never always go first, second gear, then third gear. I go right to third gear. Good analogy, very good analogy. Did you have a question? Just a quick question. When you're doing the repetition, uh, usually when I'm doing my silent line, you keep something in mind usually when I'm doing it you have the same thing in mind you the repetition or not? You, you should not. have a mind to follow along And yeah, what he's saying. And, and, and you I don't do think you, because you'll because have, you have to you have, have much more in mind. Okay. So, but you have to answer. You have to relate. You answer, but you're following. Yeah. You're following. You're hearing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You, you, but, and you have to... Try to understand what he's saying. Yeah. I was have the class. I do that. I always had something in mind with something I mean, personal or something like that. And, yeah. But if you're going to do that, you're going to fall behind the chazan. Okay. You can't think of more than one thing. This is just simple being together with this. Yeah. Okay. Now, so that is like an example that there's so much more. First of all, to working on how real Hashem is. When you're a little child, you're not thinking that way. No getting older still you have to be focused and to train the mind not to get distracted in a world where we never spend more than two minutes on any one activity you have to be focused for a long period of time to work and not being distracted now it's very easy, you use a simple analogy right? when people, most people are watching sporting events they're focused on the game and if you take your eye off of the game, you'll miss a hush of things. Yeah, yeah. You'll miss the goal. You may miss the goal. Whatever they scored. Oh, I was I, was, repeated, I, was, right? eating no, I was eating my popcorn. No, they well not, not in, the, in the, the old days. days. Not, but now they repeated, in the like 60s, repetition this 60s the sixties and seventies. There was no I know, baseball one. is a good example. It's not the runs, it's all the little things, it's pitch by pitch, where what's the count? Where's that? it, it all builds up. Yeah. It builds up till huh. wow, this is very important. Now the bases are loaded, two outs. This is a very important. Oh, let's see what pitch he's going to throw. Curveball, slider, or yeah. fastball. Yeah, that's what it's You're really getting into the game. If you take someone who doesn't know anything about the sports, they're looking, they're distracted. Yeah. They're looking all around. What else is doing on? So you've got to be there to train yourself to be focused for a long period of time. That takes training. Mm-hmm. That you've been talking to Hashem for a long time. It takes training. You do a little bit. One year. Every year, you should, especially now we're in Elw, you have to make a tefillah goal for the year. Whatever it may be, if it's uh, hard for you to focus on the Shemona Esrei. So you say, okay, this year I'm going to focus on, for the first three brachas. I'm going to really put my koichas in. To not be distracted for the first... Whatever, whatever you're not at, do one... Don't do the whole... Don't go crazy. Do, I'm going to no, focus on the whole... So not, no, no, just take one bracha more. Okay, so over time it adds up and you're more focused on what you're doing. I just read that, by the way. Okay. <laughs> no. All right, let's continue. Yep, we do one more. The fourth point is... He says the main piece of advice of growing is to establish times on your work on tefillah outside of the times of davening. When you're davening, you have to daven properly. And that needs effort while you're davening. But that's not the time to add on to your understanding and purity of heart during prayer. That you have to set aside a different time to learn sperm that arouse you of purity of heart during prayer and understanding what's going on. Yeah. In other words, you can't just put the time in when you're davening because you don't know what you should be putting your time in during the davening. Yeah, my question, right? To what the focus is. You'll find by Avram Avinu, we find that Rashi says that there's a certain tefillah, for example, that's like a milchama. We're going to see shortly, there's a lot of different aspects of prayer. Now, if there, if there are certain prayers are like war, so by war, the main thing is how you prepare before the war. You can't go to war if you're not prepared because if you're not prepared, the enemy will defeat you no matter how hard you're trying during the war. Same thing by prayer. If you're only going to make the effort when you're praying, but you still your mind is still wandering, you're going to lose. Yeh Sahara, he's, well, he's trained. He's ready to beat you, knock you right out. And he usually wins almost every day. Yeah. You say, okay, this I'm going to really have Kavana for the first three seconds. And then all of a sudden, you're losing. <laughs> Why are you losing the battle? You're, 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 you're drawing the sword. You haven't trained yourself. You haven't prepared yourself. And therefore you have to learn svarim and essays that specifically talk about arousing ourselves to have kavanah in prayer and to establish set times for this, to learn these sayings with a yearning and to be inspired by them. And there shouldn't be a long break between them. You have to keep inspiring yourself. Like he quotes from Yitzhak Blazer, he says, and this is the main reason why these inspiring words don't have an impact on a person because there's a long time in between the one inspiring words to the next one. So you have to have continuity, okay? Yeah. And therefore, which is a problem when it's a once-a-week class, but it's better than nothing, but we have to continue this idea. You've done this before, with us, by the way. i we went through this before. Went through what? What we're doing right now. It doesn't say what we so this? Well, every morning, every morning you spend a little time. We didn't learn this safer. I didn't do this. Okay. A lot of this is coming back to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe you studied it somewhere else. I don't know. <laughs> never know. <laughs> anyway, he says, and we learn from our teachers who have a tradition from the Vilna Nagon and from the Israel Salanter that it's. Good to repeat a certain aphorism that arouses you many times. Or you get to a certain statement of the rabbis or certain words of Musr to feel in your heart and have it inspire you and penetrate all the recesses of your heart and repeat it and repeat it with lots of enthusiasm until these words are etched onto the the uh, the... Uh, what do you call it? The, the boards of your heart, and then when, and then and also when you're going out and about, etc. Et repeat this idea, and it should be like a bell that's ringing in your ears. Okay, and therefore you won't forget it. And then when you come to prayer, that idea is there, and it's because idea you think about a lot. Problem is, we think about a lot of other Narishkaiten. Yeah. And those are the Narish kaiten that come to us in the prayer. And we have to, uh, we have to reflect very much on this, that when we're trying to decide um, to establish times for perfecting our avoda on prayer, and you might say, well, it's, it's, it's a... W-, so he's talking to Yeshiva Bachem. So say, well, I'm focusing on that. I'm wasting time from learning Torah. I could, have, I could have been learning Torah instead of learning about prayer. Okay. But, uh, but, but the point is, but you've got to spend time anyway on prayer. How much are you spending a day on prayer? An hour of shachar is fifty minutes mincha, 15 minutes marav. You're already spending an hour and a half on Shabbos. You're spending a lot of time. So this is something that you don't have a choice. You're spending a lot of time on it. So spend a little more and you'll succeed in it. You'll grow in it. And if you want to succeed in prayer, you have to set aside specific time and learn sparring that will excite you about prayer. And this Safer is one of those that should accomplish that task. And especially for the month of Ella, where we're going to spend a lot of time praying, you want to have build to focus on some ideas. Okay, we'll stop it over there.